Hello everyone, welcome to another episode of Empowered Voices with me Priyam, your host. Empowered Voices believes that you, the individual, can bring positive change in the world. Our conviction is that every small action can have an equal or bigger positive reaction and move the needle in the fight against climate change. We aim to build a community of such individuals and gain inspiration from the people working in the field of climate action. There will be no guilt tripping or fear mongering here. Just a safe space for the imperfect environmentalists to learn about different issues and share tips about actionable ways to create a more harmonious world for us and our future generations. Join us in building a green world brick by brick. Hello everyone, welcome back for another episode of Empowered Voices and today in this episode I'm speaking with Lewis who works in the field of sustainability and we're going to speak about how anyone can enter this field of corporate sustainability and create a positive impact with their jobs. Welcome Lewis, thank you so much for taking out the time with speaking with us. Thank you Priyam for the invitation. And, uh, why don't we start with your introduction Lewis? Thank you. So I'm Louis. I'm currently based in Singapore and I'm working as a sustainability manager in one of the investment slash mining company here. So as a sustainability manager, what I do is mainly on two scopes. So the first is on the regulatory to ensure compliance because currently we are a listed company. So we have to publish sustainability reports to disclose what have we done this year and what are, what are our targets set for next year. And the other side is more of strategy. So we look into technologies available in the market, any startups, any other companies where they are using innovative uh, technologies to, let's say, reduce the emissions of mining or to increase the efficiency. And then we look for collaboration opportunities. So these are my two key things I'm doing now. Okay. Yeah. okay. But besides that, I'm also volunteering other um, organizations in different climate and sustainability roles as well, as I believe it's important to not be limited one area or one country but to look at what is the world has to offer in this space yeah that's that's amazing that's really inspiring and what particularly inspired you to pursue a career in corporate sustainability okay i think my my one of my key one of my first points where i actually realized i like sustainability or i enjoy and this is really aligned with me was actually sparked through one of the internships long ago i did with deloitte so it's, also, it's on sustainability so that was where i was exposed to the concept of how you know the environmental, social, and governance piece all uh, interact with one another and how they are so important and why are they so important in that sense. So after that internship, you know, um, I mean, I was still studying then. So I went to different opportunities like in WWF and I wanted to know on, is it truly something that I believe in? And I realized, yes, because I realized if I look back now in retrospect, I had always had a passion for the environment. I always had to go for walks. I always like, especially the biodiversity piece of things, you know, to mm. interact with nature, to see what nature has to offer. Because I always believe that, you know, as humans, we should not um, take more than what we are able to give. Mm. So we should not um, take up too many trees, deforested, or extract too many materials. Mm -hmm. We should let them regenerate as well. And then I ended up with sustainability because I think that companies should have, have a big role and should have a big role to play in, for example, areas such as reducing emissions. Because okay. I think if individuals alone make changes, it's good and it's important. But I think companies have a greater uh, impact. So they should actually also be uh, a big piece in what they actually do. So I think that, and I think that I also entered this field because I know there's urgency. Mm. I mean, if you look at the latest IPCC report, any IPCC report, or I think everyone, anyone in the world generally will know 
there is an urgent um, need to actually limit our warming to 1.5 if not 2 degrees Celsius and then we had to have emissions to peak before 2025 if, if I remember correctly and to reduce by about 43% by 2030. So I think everyone has a role to play and can play a role. No one is should be excluded from this opportunity. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, that's that's really amazing. In fact, what you said about like you know companies having like a bigger responsibility is a discussion I was having in one of the events I attended where the debate was about this. Is it more on individuals? Is it more on companies? Is it more on governments? Or is it like a collective responsibility we all have and we all have a certain role? To play, like you said, like everyone can and should like place a certain role at least in making mm-hmm. sure. And uh, what like you know, I I think you mentioned that you started like you got interested in this because of your internship that you did with Deloitte. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah. what did you study? Like you know, how did you get into this role of corporate sustainability? Because um, the purpose of this podcast is that anyone who it wants to enter into so could get like, you know, uh, understanding of what they should study or something. So what did you study? How did you get into this field? Okay, so it's quite interesting. I think what did I study? I studied pharmacy. So pharmacy okay. is, I mean, I think everyone would know basically about um studying the medicine, how does the interaction be with the body, what are some drug-drug interactions and how do we manage the dose and titrate the dose accordingly. So it's quite different from sustainability. Yeah. In fact, I don't really use any of my sustainability knowledge except providing advice to my maybe my colleagues around me on like what medicine can they take or should they take and why should they go yeah. to see the med- doctor and all sorts of things so i think but what got me to this in terms of skills i think is i, I like to meet people i like to go mm. for different opportunities in my university long ago i did a lot of internships beyond just pharmacy i did okay. a partnership business development marketing all sorts of things and i just okay. happened to deloitte i applied and i got in so i think it's it's just i think that if all companies are looking for different skill sets. Mm-hmm. So I think that if ask me what skills, what hard skills are needed, I mean, besides the usual environmental science and maybe even accountancy background, I think if you show that you're willing to learn, I think willingness mm-hmm. to learn is important, especially in sustainability, because no one knows the answer. Regulations right. are always changing. It's yeah. more important to actually keep up with it. And therefore, you just show that. And I mean, you can't fake that. You have to really believe in that and show that in yeah. interviews and then um, you'll get in accordingly. Yeah. Okay, that's amazing. So willingness to learn, being agile and like, you know, keeping up with what are the latest regulations and trends that are happening. Amazing. Mm-hmm. Any any other skills or quality that you think are necessary for success in this field? I think one of the key skills is really um determination because I think mm-hmm. that, you know, I think sustainability currently, even though we all, I mean, most people know about the urgency and all, but I think there are people who are also tend to be it's not wrong. I'm not saying that they are wrong, but they tend to be more financially driven in the sense. So mm. they really believe in that or see sustainability as a cost center. Mm. It doesn't make really generate any revenue, whether in the short term or long term. So I think, but we can't give up because of all, all of uh, such individuals. We have to just engage continuously with those individuals, mm. whether it's in the company or beyond our, or outside of our company. And to just at every moment, every time we talk to them, we should try and see whether are there any um gaps in their arguments, if any. Mm. And then we try and see whether are we able to then come in from a sustainability perspective. And it's never, I'm right and you are wrong sort of thing. It's more of, we should see the bigger picture of how can mm. we help the environment, why we should help the environment for our children, from those around us, intergenerational well-being mm. and all. So I think it just, 
be determined to just continuously engage in such conversation and not just give up because you think it's impossible to convince some of the anger. Yeah. 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 I don't. Yeah. I agree. And uh, I think it's also important to engage in these conversations because it makes people who probably never really thought about it also think about it. You know, it opens that yes. door, that window for them to also think about it like next time when they go shopping or when they do something they might have that little seed in their mind that okay maybe there is something to what that other person was saying definitely i think it's good yeah and like so these are the skills and qualities and what are some of like the biggest challenges that any sort of let's say corporate sustainability professional would face getting into these jobs Thank you for the question. I think um for challenges, I think the first big one would be stakeholder buy-in. Okay. Similar to what, I, to what I've mentioned earlier. And because unless you in a company you're the chief sustainability officer and you have direct mm. access to the CEO or able to convince the CEO or if the CEO or the board believes in it completely, if not any other position in a company, you will have to have stakeholder buy buy-in. I think you have mm. to convince the management on why is it important to actually um look at the sustainability issues. How are there opportunities if we were to look into it, such as finding uh, possible revenue, new revenue streams? Mm. So I think that is something that we consider. And to me, the best company, there's a challenge. So, but, and, and I have seen that increasingly number of companies are actually um, aware of this challenge and what mm. they have done, especially those companies which purpose and vision is really linked to sustainability. Mm. Is that the board of directors they have um they all constantly discuss environmental conditions and challenges. Mm. They put a remuneration policies in place in line in accordance with the um sustainability performance of a company. So I think the first main challenge would be stakeholder buy-in. Mm. I think the second one it would be greenwashing. I think at this time I think everyone, most people have heard about it nowadays, is that yeah, as corporate sustainability, maybe we may some of us or it's not right or wrong, but some of us may be too. We, we, we may believe in our product so much and then we, therefore we communicate that our product is great it reduces emission by how many percent and all sorts of mm. things and that can be that some people they just unconsciously do it it's not wrong it's not like I don't think many people are malicious especially in the sustainability space mm. but they just do it unconsciously so I think we need to be aware of what claims are we making especially mm. in our sustainability board uh, do we provide a big picture are we not ha- we must not hide any um things because i think people can find out quite easily yeah and especially when there's any different softwares out there which can find loopholes in our arguments if we just put a sweeping statement saying that we have no um emissions in our uh, <laughs> finance in our portfolios and all sorts of things and yeah. second one would be greenwashing and the last one would be the upcoming regulations especially mm. in the eu the us i think us sec is still um, finalizing some of their regulations and eu mm. i think ESRD uh, under the ESRS is also um developing. So I think that mm. there's so many new things coming up and it can just come in like this. Although I do see a lot of regulations giving some time for big companies to adjust. But eventually we have to be we have to accept that there's going to be new regulations coming out on a day-to-day basis. Yeah. Or year to basis. And let's just embrace it. I think to me, policies are there for a purpose and are there mm. for a good purpose. Mm. It may not be good for everyone, but it should be the good for most of us. So yeah. just to date and then it'll be fine yeah that's uh yeah the, all those points are really interesting and i feel especially the stakeholder one right like uh, i guess this is something um especially for people working in let's say more traditional companies you know not companies that are specifically focusing on sustainability issue but like companies that have other 
products or services and to convince those stakeholders, I believe, is one of the biggest challenges uh, that we have because it's also sometimes a very direct conflict of interest, right? Like for stakeholders, um, of course, to their, to their stakeholders, to public, to their investors, they have to report on financials as well. And so when this comes into issue, there are, of course, this direct conflict. Um, in your um, experience or in your opinion, if there is someone who is facing facing this issue of trying to convince their stakeholders to start thinking about sustainability, how do you think they can overcome that or what techniques they can use to try to convince and try to get their point across? Thank you. I think uh, for this one is to come up with a business case. I think I, I, I was... Because I'm also, uh, I was studying recently also, so I think I did see something about a business case where they, whereby you don't use the traditional uh, ROI framework whereby you just put the cost and the expenses and find mm. the income and, and all sorts of things. But you also incorporate uh, what are some risks. For example, the risk of inaction, if you do not do anything, what the, what would that cost a company? Is there any reputational risk? What would that make a company lose? Mm. Or if there's means, for example, if by looking at sustainability, we're able to find out uh, which part of our value chain costs the most emissions and there's a lot of wastage, therefore we mm. reduce that, that will save us a lot of money. I think it's to incorporate sustainability elements, mm. whether it's these opportunities into a finance statement or into a return of investment statement. And then you tell to the chief financial officer who most likely controls the money. Yeah. And once or she sees um that sustainability has value, mm. then I think that's the angle you can go for. Because to be frank, as you mentioned earlier, I think a lot of the chief financial officers have to account to their shareholders. So they yeah. also have to be to them. And therefore, if you present with to the CFO such a document to show them that it actually saves you money, whether it, it may take a longer work period of time, mm. but it saves you long run that is uh, a good um as a good turnover and all sorts of things, then he or she will definitely want to buy into this yeah yeah i agree and i'm also reading somewhere that uh, companies that are more sustainable or are focusing on sustainability um have a higher growth rate so like i think seven percent higher growth rate than companies that are not um and there are lots of research studies to show that how like you know i think 92 percent of companies are focusing on it so if you're not focusing on sustainability you have higher chances of losing something than if you actually focus on it, you know. Definitely. I think especially with the carbon tax, which are going yeah. to increase value in Singapore, for example, and in yeah. UE over 100, I think that if you wait until the regulation comes in, it'll be too late and you, are, you will face you will face a regret probably. Yeah. yeah, definitely. Definitely. Um. Then I think uh, going back to our initial topic of like, you know, having a career in sustainability, is there any advice that we would give to someone who's just starting out? Um, that person, maybe it's like someone who's just out of university or maybe it's someone who is mid-career and want to change their career and move into sustainability. What advice would you give them? What resources, networks they can use to, you know, enter this field? Thank you. Yeah, I think I, think I do meet a lot of uh, young graduates as well who mm -hmm. also uh, interact with me to know what some possible things that they can do when I... Realize that because sustainability is a growing space, it's a highly developed, it's still developing actually, but there are a lot mm. of free resources online. So if it's, if it, if the person is interested in corporate sustainability, besides the regulations, which I think everyone has to pay attention to, mm. it'll be the sustainability frameworks or some mm. benchmarking tools. 
for example, like TCFD and GRI. So I think if I remember correctly, TCFD, they have free workshops or free webinars or free videos or documents on their website, okay. GRI also. So I think I recommend uh, anyone who starts off to actually start from there okay. to look into the common frameworks, uh, maybe what is relevant to them and which can be GRI, TCFD, which is the most com- more common ones and mm. then learn from them because it's free. I think secondly is that besides looking at the theoretical side of things, I think you should also know what is the practical side of things. So you just, mm. I think you can, the person can actually reach out to individuals on LinkedIn. I mean, whoever is listening can reach out to me on LinkedIn. I have mm. an open door policy. So I think other, there are quite a number of sustainability professionals also have open door policy, which mm. means that anyone who wants to know more about sustainability, learn some skills, just interact to see what is happening in the, in their sector or industry, mm. just reach out to them on LinkedIn, there's a high chance that they will say yes and then there can be 30 minutes to an hour of just casual chat like yeah. this. Okay. I think that's and I think lastly is that uh, if you're interested in corporate sustainability, maybe you may feel it's a bit hard to get a role called sustainability something, executive or something immediately. Mm. So just go to a sector or a function which you are really passionate about. And I think mm. that in any job, I always believe that all jobs can be sustainable. You don't have to have a sustainability title. Mm. Just open all jobs, go in, and then try and do some sustainability stuff. For mm. instance, you can look at maybe having organizing some walks to the mangroves and all sorts mm. of things, or having some policies whereby you have to um, switch off the lights. I mean, all these small things may not, you may think it may not matter, but I think it does. So just start off somewhere and once you are more proficient in the sustainability space, I'm sure there'll be a lot of opportunities for them. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I yeah, that's also interesting, right? That you don't have to be in the sustainability role to make a difference. You can do yes. it in any role that you're doing. You know, you could be in finance, you could be in marketing, and you can still make a difference if you speak up and if you try to do certain initiatives or even if you try to reduce your personal carbon footprint within that role so yeah no that's definitely true and um what are some of the in your experience like you said that you know you work with certain startups with your experience within your company also you do a lot of sustainability initiatives what are some of the most innovative or exciting sustainability initiatives that you have seen recently I think in my space because I'm doing sustainability report so I think the collection of data is very important and I see Mm. that because a lot of people also reach out to me that there are a lot of software, increasing number of softwares, which actually makes it easier for you to actually collect the data. For mm-hmm. example, there was soft, not to be biased, not to prevent myself being biased. So I just, I don't see the name. But basically there are some software where I can upload, let's say the power bills and then mm-hmm. using AI or some um, um data imaging technology, they can actually convert it into some emission factor and therefore it's easier for you to key in and calculate in a sustainability report. And some software also are able to um check on how what is uh using the science-based target on what how much you should you should reduce your carbon emissions by so i think okay. that it makes software basically i think data is important automation mm. is important. yeah definitely much more easier so another thing i also saw recently not linked to my company but it was about lululemon because mm-hmm. I, I was doing a course so i think lululemon they said that they are trying to replace the nylon which is traditionally i think made from oil or something okay. into more bio biomaterials so it's basically from plants that actually okay. capture carbon dioxide. So by doing that, I think they also said that they can reduce about about half of the carbon emissions. Mm. And I think that all these things is really it, it shows something because I think fashion, the retail industry contributes a significant amount of um, carbon yeah. emission. The fact yeah. that they are they bother to actually go into such R and D in their company, mm. just having a quick fast fashion all sorts of things says a lot about their company, and I'm sure it will gain them a lot of customers. Yeah, I think that's another thing that I saw as well 
Yeah, yeah. I think Patagonia is one big example, right? Yes. It's right. it's it's in this field like a fashion brand that is showing seeing so much growth, and they have made it very clear from the beginning that they are a sustainable company, and that's what they focus more on. So yeah, definitely. Yes. Um, and like, how do you see this field of corporate sustainability evolving in the coming years? You know, what do you, what opportunities do you see? What challenges do you see in this field? Thank you. I think for me, on what um, how do I see the field of corporate sustainability evolving? It will be that the, the merging of the standards. I did mention earlier that there are quite a few standards, and I think we also all know that there's going to be the IS. There is the ISSB, and mm. then they're coming the IFRS, which and then they're coming. They're looking into consolidating the different um frameworks together, like the CDP or TCFD, and I think that is good because it allows better comparability. And yeah. one of the common critiques against sustainability is that it's too confusing. So I think this by having this merger of sorts, it actually is a good step forward. Hmm. Of course, and some people also say that you know I think the EU, for example, EU they have the ESRS, which is which is which is not exactly the same as ISSB. Although I do see that there's a lot of um discussions be, yeah. be, being made between these two bodies. So that's good also. Hmm. So I think we can't expect everyone to use ISSB. I think that is then they are, they are, I mean it's a bit hard. There maybe there's some political reasons and all, hmm. but the fact that they bothered to do it and the fact that EU is also interacting with them shows a lot. Yeah. Yes, of course. Piece. I think since we're talking about the concept of EU, I think corporate sustainability will also evolve because mm. EU also is coming up with or has came up with the carbon border adjustment mechanism. Mm. So I think carbon border adjustment mechanism, also known as CBAM. So, uh, from my understanding, the intention of it is to just address some inconsistency in climate ambitions because mm. they don't want maybe EU to have a strict um carbon enforcement, and then if you import products from other countries which have a very lax carbon policy, then it's unfair. The EU companies, so I think yeah. that the importance of um that that actually made the other companies around the world being come mm. are forced to actually be aware of mm. the carbon emissions because if not, when CBAM will affect them if they import into the EU. Yeah. So I think it will increase the um importance of corporate sustainability as well. Yeah. And I think like yeah. six points about we mentioned a lot about carbon, but I always believe, as I mentioned in my introduction, that biodiversity is a mm. quite important. Because Definitely. I think nature is is I feel that we are as a society or as businesses we are all under the big umbrella of society of the environment, mm. which to me so involving nature about our biodiversity of the species living around us, mm. and I'm glad to see that TNFD, which is a task force on nature financial related financial disclosure, is coming okay. up with their framework soon. I think they released their beta four version, but okay. there will be one coming up. The final one being coming up quite soon. Mm. So I think that, um. By do by having such a framework, it makes it easier for mm. companies to look to biodiversity uh, areas as well. Because now I think maybe it's all about climate, and I think climate and carbon is the reason why it is, has a such huge emphasis is because carbon emissions is the impact of carbon emissions is irrespective of where you stay. In the sense that yeah. once you carbon, the whole world gets affected. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah. biodiversity, maybe if you just kill some animals here and there, then only the area is being affected. But I do see biodiversity taking increasing amount of center stage. Yeah, and I think it's all very interrelated, right? We all know that uh, corals help us absorb so much of carbon emission, and yes. if 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 because of the fact that we are not taking care of biodiversity, we are fishing too much, then if those corals are getting destroyed, then that means that the chances of that carbon emission carbon actually getting absorbed is also less. So that it's all. I think I think we need to see how we are an ecosystem, and everything is interrelated, and we cannot 
fix one thing without fixing the other because it might just like you know not work and it might fall apart yes. yeah and there may be there may be consequences which you never imagine this is a big issue yeah 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 definitely and i think like you know from when you started in this career let's say you started 2 years back or something and now is there any piece of advice that you would give to lewis when he started oh. the career of corporate sustainability as like you know any advice anything i think looking back one advice which i i really believe in now is don't be in echo chamber okay. i think a lot of time in sustainability i mean especially my linkedin correct is very is amazing to see because i can have a lot of sustainability connection so mm. i can see a lot of great posts about sustainability mm. but i also realized that that may make our ideas just circulate in a circle because whatever we say people tend to agree immediately yeah, but i think it's yeah. important to be challenged so you should speak to people or i speak to people who may not really believe in sustainability mm. maybe they as i mentioned in the beginning also that they see it as a liability Yeah. So I want to talk to them so that I know what are some gaps because I'm sure that I have gaps in my arguments as well. I have gaps in how I see things, but I need to yeah. know what I. So I think yeah. it's through the introduction that I'm able to identify all these, and then I go and fine tune it to see what is wrong with my argument or what is how can I say things or see things differently, and therefore yeah. come up with a nuanced argument yeah. or discussion so that it's easier for me to uh persuade stakeholders accordingly. Yeah. That would be advice I would want to no, give myself. No, I think. that's that's amazing and that's an advice that in today's world is applicable everywhere right whether you're yeah. talking about the issue of racism whether you're talking about gender issue no matter where you are i think it's so easy to get caught in your bubble where your yes. friends your family you, you associate yourself just as human nature we associate ourselves with people who have similar values as us yeah. and that creates this bubble and that uh, it, it prevents healthy dialogue yes that would actually bring change right and also especially with internet with this cancel culture when we don't like what someone is saying we're like are oh, we going to not follow them and stuff which is okay but that also means that we are we are building more walls between people of different opinions instead of trying to break those walls and say that you know what let's have a healthy conversation and see where we can reach maybe we meet midway somewhere or you know or actually changing opinions of people i think that's that's really really uh wise advice that you know you can give to anyone yes um, totally yeah yeah i think we are down to our last question this is something i always ask everyone all of my guests is that uh, in our day to day life what advice do you think anyone can do uh, make any change they can make in their life or anything they can do to become more sustainable to become more environment friendly thank you very much i for me if it, when it comes to day to day i think is to be aware of hmm. where our possible how does our day to day generally look like and what are some areas where we can actually um become more environmentally or sustainable hmm. the hmm. sense so i think it's fine and then I don't think it has to be areas where it has to be a huge change. You know, small things such as bringing your own cups, or like reducing the use of plastic bags, mm-hmm. or for example, like being more conscious of what you're actually consuming, less mm. of food. I think all these small things, you just find one that actually um appeals to you, meaning that it's very easy for you to change low hanging fruits. Once mm. you hit one, I mean the mm. best will naturally come about. So don't be afraid. Don't tell yourself that it's a big hurdle. I have to change my life. My life will change dramatically. Mm. Always a lot of money, but just start somewhere, anywhere is better than nowhere. Yeah, yeah. Um, I I definitely agree. I think it's important to be like imperfect environmentalist yes. and trying to be perfect. And and it will sound very extreme, but I think to be hundred percent sustainable, we have to die. We 
in today's yes. world we cannot be 100% sustainable so it's it's important to just be kind on yourself also to be like okay you know what this is one part of my life where i cannot make a change because of these restrictions but this is where i can make a change so let me focus on this instead of just getting upset or sad that oh i can't change everything so yes. yeah i think i think that's really important um i think that brings me to the end of my conversation anything else you would like to share anything else that i didn't ask you but you want to share with my audience i think for me the parting words would be you know i think i think just if you're in sustainability space i think i'm sure everyone is is, is you're very genuine about this area just follow your passion just mm. efforts to change uh, your lifestyle efforts to change your company you're working in and just know that you're doing this for the bigger good for your children for those around you as well so um, mm. just press on don't give up easily and we will make a world better place together yeah thank that's, you that's amazing thank you so much louis this was really nice for me to speak with you and like you know learn about like this field of corporate sustainability because i guess uh, within this field of sustainability because there are so many passionate people it also sometimes like you said it's so easy to say that okay i don't want to talk to anyone working in corporate because everyone is bad but no we know that there are people like you who are working with big corporate companies and who are trying to make a difference who are trying to bring about the change so this was really nice thank you so much for taking up the time <laughs>